Hey there, and welcome back to the Mini Weekend. I'm your host, Jack. Let's uh, crack a beer and get the ball rolling. Just here for the beer. Um, so this week, I kind of shook things up a little bit. Um, a couple weeks ago, I forgot I had gotten a message um, from a friend that I went to college with, um, who is unfortunately from Wisconsin. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but actually recommended a brewery for me to try out. He didn't give me a specific beer, but he told me to uh, get something from Oliphant Brewing uh, Company. Uh, they're out of Somerset, Wisconsin. Uh, they're a matter of a couple blocks from the Apple River right there in downtown Somerset, um, which for those that don't know, Somerset is like 15 minutes pretty much the closest, um, actual, like, downtown town, um, out of that Stillwater, uh, area, so, um, yeah, he, uh, like I said, he, he didn't recommend a specific beer, so I literally went to Total Wine after he told me about this, looked for Oliphant Brewing, and I'm drinking the special favorite lager tonight, which, um, I'm not going to lie, um, it's not bad, but it's not really anything that, it it doesn't, it's not something that tastes like something different that I haven't already had. Um, it's relatively, excuse me, it's uh, relatively, um, what am I trying to say, sorry, it's relatively light um it's i mean it's it's not very hoppy it's brewed with waka two hops uh it's five percent uh apb um so not um that great um but uh what how they kind of described it on their website is the best way. Uh, you know, it's a beer to crack open as you switch from work clothes to regular human clothes to finish before that even happens and to open a second as you start dinner. Special favorite is here for you. Um, I don't disagree with that. I Like I said, I don't think it's phenomenal. It, like I said, it doesn't taste any different than... And some lighter beers I've had. I'm not going to knock it and say it's bad. I, It's not like I wouldn't go out of my way to get it again. Um, I just, I, I want to try something else. Um, so, we're just going to cut right to the sh chase. I'm going to go right out and give it a 3.9. Just from the perspective that, like I said, I I don't mind it. I just, it's, it's not something that is catching my attention, um, you know, for this one specific, the reason I'm kind of rating it as low as I am, it's simply because of, excuse me, the awe factor for me. You know, I'm not really good. There's nothing that I'm tasting in this beer personally that's saying I need to go back and get this. Like, if I want to taste something like this, like, I'll just go get some lighter beers, you know, just, you know, another lager. Or something like that. Um, not a bad beer. I mean, simply, you know, from that, I, you know, I would get it again. But I like trying new things. And, you know, especially around this, you know, football time, you know, that's just kind of 
how's it goes? So, um, yeah, like I mentioned, uh, Oliphant Brewery is right in Somerset downtown. Like I said, a couple blocks from the Apple uh, River. It's right actually off of um, it's off of Main Street, and its cross street is actually Depot Street. So it's right there in uh, downtown. <clears throat> you should definitely go check out their website as well. Um, the, it uh, looks like they have some new merch out. It is just Olifant, O-L-I-P-H-A-N-T, brewing.com. Uh, they got some cool merch, actually. Um, you can rent out their space. Um, they got this uh, smug club uh, that you can um, pay uh, per person to kind of get uh, benefits of, you know, a dollar off a of beer, uh uh, free um, crawlers, um, free four packs, ten percent off all merch, which is kind of cool. You don't see a whole lot of breweries doing that, so you definitely gotta go check them out. Excuse me. Um, like I uh, like I mentioned, uh, OlifantBrewing.com. They're also available on um, Twitter and Facebook as well. So go check them out um, if you have had them before. Let them know uh, or let me know what else I should try from them that I might like a little more than this. Um, and lastly, uh, their hours as of right now are Monday through Thursdays, 2 to 7 p.m., Fridays, 2 to 9, Saturdays, noon to 9, and then Sundays, uh, noon to 7. So go check them out and let me know what I should try from Oliphant next. The College Corner. So, um, First of all, um, happy uh, Thanksgiving week, everybody. And um, I feel bad. I I didn't realize until we had kind of I had kind of made this transition here. Um, shout out to my guy Tyler for recommending this uh, brewery to me. And um, this week's episode is probably going to be a little um, uh, a little shorter than past ones that I've done just by myself, simply from the fact that we've actually had a couple questions. So uh, this week we're going to focus a little bit more on uh, those questions versus just kind of giving in-depth, you know, recaps and things like that. So Tyler, um, as well as gave me this re great recommendation, um, but also asked about kicking off the College Corner this uh, week. So he said, you know, how... How do you personally feel this our, our football team did in the first uh, uh, in the first Division One season? And you know, I have to be completely honest with you, Tyler. I I don't remember if I don't remember. I don't know if you heard. I was skeptical. Like I know I know this. Um, uh, I know a lot of people were questioning. You know whether we should have been in this. Um, conference the uh, the Pioneer Football League for um, uh, for that, um, but I think all things considered, I think they Coach Glenn Caruso and our team should be very happy with how we started. Uh, no, we did not make the um, we did not make the um, the FCS. Um, we didn't make the FCS playoffs, 
Um, but then again, I, like I mentioned on last week, there were 24 teams that made it, uh, and there's 12 conferences. So depending on seedings and all those types of things, um, there's approximately one to three teams uh, that make it in there. Yes, the Tommies did finish in the third seed. Excuse me, but unfortunately for the Pioneer Football League, the only team that made it was the division winner Davidson, who Davidson was one of St. Thomas's two losses in um conference play and only one of their um one losses or three losses in the entire season. So they're going to be playing uh kicking off their um their uh, weekend this Saturday against Kennesaw State in the first round. But like I said, going off of your question, Tyler, you know, overall, I think this team found a lot of success. Um, you know, they got banged up, you know, kind of, you know, relatively good their first two weeks. They kind of, that Michigan Tech game, you know, they kind of came from behind and got that first dub. And then they really got a punch in the mouth from that University of Northern Iowa team. Um, I'd be lying if I said I felt a lot of people thought we were probably going to get our butts kicked. With how good we were used to seeing this team kind of hanging with teams that maybe we shouldn't be playing with. It's still relatively close. We got our teeth literally punched in probably to the back of our throats. 44-3. But then, all things considered, they played fantastic in division play. So, I mean, again, next year, you know, there were, I think, what is it? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. I think there's 10 or 11 teams in, no, 11 or 12 teams that are in our conference. So, there were a couple teams we didn't play. But of the teams we played, um that we got to worry about next year. Personally, I think it's Davidson College, for one. Um, they kind of gave us another punch in the mouth kind of at the end of the season, our third to the last game, and beat us 42-10, to 42-15. Other than that Northern Iowa game and this Davidson College game, uh, we lost to the University of San Diego, 24-27 to late game, which I remember watching that game, and with how our, well our offense was playing, or our defense was playing, we, we should have won that game. So you could, you know, make the argument that if we win that game, we probably finish second and, you know, maybe it looks a little better. I'm not going to say playoff bound, but um, I thought they looked great. I mean, I think the one thing that Caruso's got to do a better job of next year is solidifying that um, uh, solidifying the quarterback position. I mean, this year, nothing against Kate Sexauer and Tommy Dolan, but they kind of split, um, excuse me, they kind of uh, split uh, time this year. I mean, I look at both of them, um, and, uh, you know, Kate Sexauer definitely had the weight, 863 yards. Tommy Dolan, 605 yards. Um, 
Kincaid, Sexauer had four TDs and eight interceptions, while Tommy Dolan had one touchdown and five interceptions. Now, clearly, he's going to have to figure it out. Both those guys are seniors, and they're leaving this year. Um, but I think our offense, especially our rushing game, is in good hands. Uh, Hope Adebayo uh, was a stud after missing his first couple games. Uh, finished with 693 uh, yards and 12 touchdowns. Um, excuse me, on the year, didn't have a reception touchdown, but was also involved in the receiving game as well. So I think a lot of things, a lot of good things to look forward to as far as this football team is concerned. Um, You know, I look at them kind of being in a very similar situation with regards to the Gophers in a sense that, you know, obviously the Big Ten is a little more competitive and, you know, obviously better than, um, the Pioneer Football League here. Um, but I think, and I have no doubt in my mind he will, um, but I think Caruso going forward has got to do a good job of, um, got to do a good job of getting some good uh, non-conference games on the schedule. And from what I saw at the beginning of this season, kind of getting stuff, you know, in future seasons lined up is getting those um uh set up um you know it's you know it's imperative that I don't think after this season it doesn't look like and it doesn't seem like the Pioneer Football League teams get a lot of looks with regards to teams in here uh so maybe St. Thomas kind of gets um you know a a good look from that, um, but the bottom line is, you know, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. Um, I'm trying to remember um, who. Um, uh, I can't remember, um, but it's it's also worth noting that Glenn Caruso is actually a finalist for the FCS Eddie Robinson Coach of the Year award. He is among 17 finalists. Um, for this year, so huge congratulations to him. Um, great coach, uh, great person. Uh, he's in his 14th season at St. Thomas. Uh, like we talked about, led the program to a seven and three overall record in their first season at the NCAA Division One uh, level, with a six and two record in their first um, season. Um, it's also worth noting. I didn't realize this until just a little bit ago. But on the season, the Tommies finished their season as one of the top-ranked scoring defenses in the Pioneer Football League, allowing just 17.8 points per game, which is over five points fewer than the next closest institution in the conference. Um, They had a lot of things going for them this year. St. Thomas led the conference in plenty uh, plenty of stats, including... Past efficiency, efficiency with 100.4, um, interceptions with 22, uh, interception return yards with 230, uh, tied for the most with interceptions returned for touchdowns, three, uh, opponent third down conversion rate with 31%, and then an opponent fourth down conversion rate of 28%. Um, I mean, that's just, that's exceptional. Um, I think... It goes without saying he is without a doubt one of uh, the better coaches um, being able to make that jump. It's not easy, and he he made it look easy. 
Um, so with that, yeah, that's what we got on them. Um, you know, the basketball team, since we last talked, they've, you know, found uh, a way to get back to 500. Um, they're actually 3-3 three and three on the season now, currently riding a two-game winning streak um, from their wins again in Youngston, Ohio against Niagara University and uh, Southern uh, Illinois Edwards. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Again, a lot of good things to uh, look forward to with this team. Uh, for the men's basketball team, they will only be in action one time before the next podcast. So it's also worth noting, and I'll mention this before we get off here too, the next podcast will also be a Wednesday a week from today on December 1st when we have um, a special, special guest on as well. So their lone game will be at... Uh, Seattle University on Saturday the 27th. Um, as for the women's basketball team, excuse me, uh, since the last time uh, we were on, um, I don't think the game had finished, but they won their first ever uh, Division One basketball game in Orangeburg, South Carolina, beating South Carolina State University 65-50. Uh, unfortunately, they suffered their third loss of the season two nights later. Excuse me, against Presbyterian um, College. So, um, hope they can kind of get back on the winning ways. They will actually be in action twice this next week. They'll be in California um, on Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. to take on Cal Poly. And then on Saturday, they'll be... Uh, still be in California taking on the University of North Texas. So um, for you Tommy fans, make sure to uh, tune into Tommy Sports to find out the live streaming um, for those games. And then as for the men's hockey team, uh, gosh, it it's painful to watch, but I think a lot of us anticipated this happening. They're still on on a bit of a roll here. Um, they're in the midst of a, what's that, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight game losing streak as they uh, got swept by the Penn State Nittany Lions uh, by a total score of 9-2 to two, uh, this last weekend. They'll be um, hosting Bemidji State this uh, weekend, trying to get back in the winning column. Um, uh, hopefully they can you know pick up a couple wins uh, from them. And then for our Tommy's uh, women's hockey, they were in action this last weekend against the number one ranked at University of Wisconsin. Um, and they uh, got swept once again by a total score of 12-2 to two over the weekend. They will be playing a home-and-home -home series uh, against the uh, Minnesota State University Mankato uh, Mavericks. So, once again, stay tuned for that. Uh, it looks like those games will be on the Big Ten uh, Plus app. Uh, Friday's game will be at 3 p.m. Saturday's will be at um, 2 p.m. And um going to be honest, um, didn't have a whole lot prepared for as far as um, the University of Minnesota Sports teams, other than obviously the huge news that fans got. I can't remember if it was earlier this morning or yesterday, um, but the Gophers star running back, Mohamed Ibrahim, will be back for um, action in 2022. 
um, the star running back um, announced on just earlier this morning. Yeah, it was just uh, in the blink of an eye this morning that he will be coming back. Um, like we've mentioned before, he is just a beast. Uh, the first team All Big Ten selection as a junior in 2020 suffered a ruptured Achilles tendon in our season opener on the second against Ohio State. He's rushed for a, he rushed for 163 yards, two TDs on 30 carries before getting injured late in the third quarter. So um, <coughs> it obviously sucked to see him go down, but um, good news for us Gopher fans to kind of hear him coming back. For that, um, so that was uh, that was good news, and I'm sure a lot of uh, Gopher fans are ecstatic about that. Um, like I said, I didn't have a lot prepared for the Gophers, um, and kind of kind of got that question from Tyler for the Tommies. Um, I know the men's basketball team is still um, undefeated, so congratulations to them. Uh, I know the hockey teams have both been um, doing what they've got to be doing. Um, as for the women's basketball team, they've started off to a hot start. Uh, they were playing some rather really good teams that uh, I think a lot of people didn't think we were going to beat in that battle for Atlantis, which, you know, whatever. Um, but as for this gopher uh, battle for the axe on Saturday, that is going to be big. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine who mentioned if, what is it? It's if Iowa loses on Thursday, tomorrow night, and if we find a way to beat Wisconsin, something about how, uh, and if, and in an instance of a three-way tie, the tiebreaker goes to best overall division, conference division record. <coughs> Something about how, essentially, like I said, if Iowa finds a way to lose on Thursday and if we beat um, the Badgers, we essentially win the Big Ten West. So um, it's not out of the question. But like a lot of you know, I'm always one that I hate, I hate, I hate being in positions with teams where we have to, um, we need help. We can't just win and kind of control our own destiny, which sucks. Um, <clears throat> but you know that's just uh, that's just the way the uh, the cookie crumbles. Um, I do I think the Gophers have what it takes to beat Wisconsin? Heck yeah! And with them being ranked 14th in the nation, that would do wonders for this team. Uh, going into championship week, regardless of the outcome of the Iowa game. Um, and then just going into next season as well. I mean, um, I think about uh, next year and going forward and all these big names coming in. I can't think, I can't help but think that would just help them out. So, um, gosh, like I said, it's, it's still a couple days out. I know I usually do. I, I don't know if I can make a prediction. I... Like I said, do I think they're capable of winning? Do I think they have what <clears throat> it takes to win? Yes. Very similar to the Vikings. It depends on what team we see. If we t see a team that, I mean, damn near beat Ohio State, yes, we're going to beat the Badgers. <laughs> if we're going to get the team that lost to Bowling Green, not a chance in hell. So it just kind of uh, it just kind of depends. Obviously, I always hope we win, but 
again, want to be realistic here. So, uh, <laughs> with that, um, the uh, local business uh, shout out this week uh, actually goes out to a festival. Um, one of the reasons, um, one, I said one of the reasons, I didn't do this podcast earlier in the night, um, but it's the Glow Holiday uh, Festival. So it's a festival. Um, the Minnesota State Fairgrounds Must See Holiday Attraction includes, uh, including a State Fair food court. Um, it's open now. Uh, it opened on the 18th and it goes until January 2nd. Um, it is very, very fun to see. It's the Minnesota's newest holiday light experience and a must-see wintertime attraction at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds, like I mentioned. Um, it it really is a must-see. Um, my wife and I, with uh, some of our family members, went to it last year when, due to COVID, it was drive-through and was very, very cool. You were able to see all these lights in the comfort and coziness of your car. This year, you were able to go out and walk around. It was a little chilly, um, but it was so much fun. It was so much fun. Uh, it's definitely an experience um, to be seen. Uh, you can go excuse me, right onto their website and purchase tickets. It's just glowholiday.com. Um, so, yes, like I said, this... <laughs> yes, you guys heard me correct. This is one of the few business shout-outs um, I am giving that I've actually experienced myself. It's, it's super, super fun. Um, I believe tickets are about 20 bucks or so for adult general admissions, about 12 for kids. Um, there's this uh, a VIP adult admission that you can get to. I don't, they don't have a ton of info on that. Um, oh, um, that, uh, that gets you, you know, you can get like adult beverages and stuff like that. Um, but I'm, I'm telling you guys, if, if, if you're looking for something to do, if you're looking for something for the family to do, I strongly, strongly recommend uh, doing this. Um, and the best way to uh, the best way to find out more about this is just going right onto their website, GlowHoliday.com. Um, they actually one of the pages has uh, like a map, so it'll show you like exactly where you can uh, where you park, and um, you know where the certain things are um it's pretty like i said it's on the state fairgrounds but it's pretty compact it's not like you're walking around the entire state fairgrounds um but it's it's super awesome their website it says stroll through over a million lights uh elfie plaza three-story ice palace bike power tree state fair food court sky glider rides and so much more like i said guys it it really is um, super fun. Uh, you definitely have to go check this out. Like I said, glowholiday.com. Uh, the cool thing about this festival is you can actually visit their page um, on uh, you can visit their page on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. So definitely go check this out uh, and definitely um, go experience this. I promise you, whether you're looking for something adult to do or if you have children, you're looking for something to do with them. You will, one way or another, you will not be disappointed. So go check them out.
Now for our beloved Minnesota professional sports. So to kick this off, um, we have our second question of the night. Uh, Erica asked me, do you believe Kevin Fiala will be traded? Um, <laughs> if I was doing this podcast last night, I would have had a different answer than um, I have tonight. And I'm glad I'm doing it tonight because last night I would have said, you know what, there's a possibility. I would have said there's a possibility. You look at, um, you know, the fact, uh, where is he here? Um, I just had him pulled up. So he's played 19 games and um, he's got 12 points. Um, do I believe that's a slump? No. <laughs> I mean, that's... That's not bad at all um, by any means. But some people would say, you know, <clears throat> hey, you know, he's, you know, Jack, he's, you know, top three or he's not top five. And to that, I would say, I mean, yeah, you know, you might be right, but he's got, um, you know, we're a deep team. So what last night, what I say, no, um, or last night I would have said, yeah, probably, possibly, tonight. I'm going to say no. And the reason I'm saying that is because I remember reading something this morning um, that kind of talked about this rumor. And um, I read something. I can't remember who said it, but it essentially alluded to Bill Guerin is not going to settle for um, trading Kevin Fiala. Um, just for the sake of trading him because he's in a slump. Bill Guerin will only trade Kevin Fiala under one condition. If he thinks he can turn that trade <clears throat> into making this wild team better. Um, and I just, I don't think that is possible right now. Um, now I know a lot of things, you know, Erica didn't have a follow-up question, but I know a lot of people might say, well, you know, Jack, um, he only signed a one-year deal this last year, and he wanted a long-term deal. You know, doesn't that have something to do with it? And again, I would say, you know, you could read into that and say, yeah, you know, sure, that does have to play into it. But for me personally, I would say the Wild made a huge business decision last year by letting go of Ryan Suter and Zach Parisi. In the midst of all that and trying to get this money sorted out, and as much as I love Kevin Fiala, Kirill Kaprizov, in my opinion, was number one priority. Like, if there's anybody on this team you were re-signing, it was Kirill Kaprizov. Kevin Fiala was a very close second. But as far as I'm concerned, Kirill <coughs> Kaprizov was a very, was clear a, a clear-cut first number one decision to make. With that said... I don't believe this um, one-year contract to Kevin Fiala was a slap in the face. I think it was twofold. I think, one, I think Bill Guerin gave Kevin Fiala that contract in a way to say, hey, we need you, we, we need you and you, we want you around in the future. I just don't know after this year what we're going to have money-wise, so let's just keep you around for a year and see what happens after that. I think that coupled with Bill Garrett maybe said, hey, you know, you've done well. Have us 
have us a show me year. You know, I think, you know, points wise, he's doing fine. But I look at three goals in 19 games and even Kirill. I mean, Kirill, yeah, he's got 18 points um, in 19 games. But in 19 games, our two guys that are supposed to be the future of this team, Kirill Kaprizov and Kevin Fiala, have only had eight goals. So are they producing points-wise? Heck yeah. Are they getting the goals that they that we're paying them for? Maybe not. But again, this team is deep. We don't need them to score every single night. Um, so, Wild fans, I don't believe this is cause, cause for concern. I think we can take a deep breath. I think, ultimately, I think it will take care of itself. I don't see um, having to go to arbitration with Kevin Fiala. I think he wants to be around, like we said, I think he wants to be around for the foreseeable future. I think we want him to be around for the foreseeable future. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, making it happen. And like I said, there was just so much happening this last summer. <sighs> we were trying to get Marco Rossi back on the team. We we're trying to re-sign the, you know, the Calder Cup winner. We had decided to cut two guys. So that was, that was just a huge thing. Um, and, you know, ordeal. Um, so, yeah, uh, we also had a second question, or this was more of a, a, uh, a statement more than anything, but Max said, um, Wild didn't look so good in Florida slash this road trip. <laughs> and this was obviously <coughs> um, sent in before this New Jersey game. So, I mean, yeah, going to Florida on a two-game road trip and only picking up one out of a total four points I mean, isn't great. Uh, this is their, you know, that was their second two-game losing streak um, of the season. Uh, but the Wild also got out to, you know, they picked up a big win in New Jersey earlier today, which was, again, another reason I wanted to uh, do the podcast a little later tonight so we were able to actually talk about <coughs> a couple more games, uh, i.e. this New Jersey game and then the uh, Miami game for the Timberwolves. Um, but yeah, um, you know, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, Talbot, uh, couldn't get it done in, uh, in Florida, um, on Saturday, it was just, you know, too little too late. You know, I think, you know, overall that was a, a good game from our guys. Um, you know, again, this team, you just can't Shot count them out. You can't keep the count them out. We got into a 0-1-1 hole. Uh, three in one hole, <coughs> excuse me, and you know tried to climb back, but you know like I said, you know too little, too late. You can't, you know, you know you're not always going to win every single game, and you're not always going to come back every single game. And then uh, Tampa Bay, that was such a heartbreaker and kind of a backbreaker. Even if you were able to get the win in overtime or a shootout, that would have been huge to get a big win over the Tampa Bay. Lightning, who are the reigning two-time uh, NHL champions. But again, no team has ever gone 82-0 and and then proceeded to go, what's that, you know, 16-0 and in the playoffs. Like, it just doesn't happen. You can't win every single game. You got to lose some, <laughs> excuse me, uh, overcome some adversity and... You know, go from there. Um, but again, tonight, you know, the shootout uh, 
Shootout went in our favor. We got a couple goals. I thought, you know, from... I didn't watch the game live, um, but I did uh, see a lot of the the highlights. Ryan Hartman got us on the board um, early, and then Nico Sturm had a huge shorthanded goal. Uh, We had plenty of other opportunities to... um, Um, to uh, break the game even wider open uh, throughout the game. And then they came back and made it a 2-2 game. Uh, Nobody scored an OT. And Erica, of all people, there were five guys that shot in the shootout. And our Kevin Fiala was the only one, excuse me, to uh, capitalize. So, I mean... You know, the goal doesn't count in the stats, but he proved, um, his goal proved to be a big one and was the deciding factor between um, coming home on this road trip with a total of, you know, two points or, you know, three points. <coughs> um, so, uh, so, yeah, that's what I got to say on that. I mean, I, you know, again, this season is still so... So very young. Um, I mean, tonight's game was only the 19th game of the season, um, but you know we're you know we're playing in the right direction. Um, up next for this wild team, they are in the midst of. Um, but before we're on next, they will have their first three of their current five game homestand um, on Friday. They'll be hosting the Jets at 2.30 p.m. Can be seen on Ballet Sports North or ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Sunday, they'll be hosting the Lightning at 1 p.m. Tuesday, the 30th, they'll be hosting the Arizona Coyotes. And like I said, all three of those games can either be seen on Ballet Sports North or ESPN+. Um, plus. Now on to the Loons. The Loons uh, suffered a devastating uh, 3-1 loss uh, at Providence Park um, in Portland against the Timbers. Uh, Franco Fragapane uh, sent Minnesota, um, you know, he he got us opened up early, uh, but the Timbers struck back with three unanswered goals as Lars... Maybiala scored the equalizer before Blanco sealed the result with two individual moments of just awesomeness to give him that three uh, to one lead. Um, and it was honestly kind of, in, I mean, in my opinion, it was very quick. Uh, the Loons got on the board only 11 minutes into the game. Which was just um, unheard of. Um, uh, and then Lars uh, Mambala got on the board and tied up the game right before the uh, right before halftime. And then uh, Sebastian Blanco scored twice in the second half for the win. Um, so really, uh, really unfortunate. But one of the articles I was reading kind of alluded to, you know, this was kind of, you know, a perfect ending to, you know, a very back and forth year uh, for the Loons, um, but for those that do enjoy the Loons, um, stay tuned for next week as my guest is an avid Loons fan, 
and a big time, excuse me, a big time uh, soccer fan as well. So uh, stay tuned uh, for that. Uh, the Portland Tempers will actually be playing on Thanksgiving um, tomorrow um, against the Colorado um, Rapids for a chance to go to the Western Conference Finals. So um, that's what we have for that. Now on to... Um, the Timberwolves. Um, so for the Timberwolves, like I said, they they were also in action tonight. Kind of wanted to be able to talk about um, their game as well. Uh, they were in action uh, hosting the sorry the Miami uh, Heat. Uh, that game just finished up just a little bit ago. Um, got a huge win, one hundred and thirteen one hundred one against the Miami Heat, who are currently the number two team in. The East, and which brings us into the third question of the night. Um, excuse me, Gabe wanted to know: Do you believe, or he asked, do you believe this Minnesota Timberwolves team will actually take the next step uh, that you've alluded to in uh, past uh, past podcasts? And if I'm being honest, this is an eternal optimist, Jack. This is Jack being completely honest with you guys. I do. Um, we're currently in the midst of a five-game winning streak. Um, like I said, I mean, you know, all these games, Sacramento, that, that should have been a win. San Antonio should have been a win. Memphis is an up-and-coming team, <clears throat> and we blew them out after losing to them uh, in heartbreaking fashion earlier in the month. <clears throat> um, beat, it, beat up on a New Orleans team. Excuse me, um... That we should have. And then beat up on a Miami team that I think if you asked a lot of people, a lot of people would have said, you know, screw it. You know, we don't have any chance against these guys. Um, excuse me. Um, Anthony Edwards, I don't, um, on my personal account, I, 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 I tweeted about it earlier tonight, watching kind of the tail end of it um, with the highlights too. He's not afraid of freaking Anybody, I saw that double tech between him and Jimmy, and Jimmy's trying to give him the old, uh, you know, you know what, young blood, you know, I've been here for a while. And Anthony Edwards was like, "F you, man, like, do what you got to do. I'm here to stay now." And I, I effing loved every second of that. I fucking loved it. <coughs> I thought it was perfect. I think it was what the Timberwolves needed. Um, but again. This team's this team has to um, this team has to win some of those games. I'm not I'm not asking them to be a top you know five or six team. Do I think they do I think they have the talent to be a top five or six team? Of course I do. Um, do I think they're going to go from being a fourteen thirteen team to a five or six team? No, I don't. Um, but they've got a couple games coming up here. You know, uh, this upcoming week, they go to Charlotte on Friday. They go to Philly on Saturday. Uh, then they host Indiana um, <clears throat> on Monday. <coughs> and, um, and then on the night of the next podcast, they're in Washington. So do I think they have what it takes to take the next step? Yeah. You know, I'm not, again, I'm not, you know, Gabe, I'm not asking for them to, win every single game against the Philadelphias, against the Brooklyns, against the 
um, Denver's, you know, both LA teams, Boston's, Dallas. You know, I'm not asking them to win every single game. I'm just asking for them to keep it competitive. I mean, we're nine and nine now. You know, you look at our next five games. You know, we got Charlotte, Philly, Indiana, Washington, Brooklyn. You know, Brooklyn and Philly are going to be tough. But if we can beat the three teams we're supposed to in Charlotte, Indiana, and Washington, not that they're not bad, not that they're terrible teams, but if we're able to beat those three teams and maybe steal one from a Brooklyn or steal one from a Philly, all of a sudden we're we're fourteen and ten. Is that a great record? No, but um, right now we're we're in a play. We're in one of the play-in games with our nine and nine record. So, you know, I think at the beginning of the season I talked about this too. Do we have the talent, and are we capable of being a top five or six teams? Absolutely. Um, do I think that's realistic for this year? <clears throat> Probably not. I think if they could find themselves at the ninth seed, at the absolute lowest, because technically. 7, 8, 9, and 10 play in that. So I think if they find themselves at the ninth seed at the absolute lowest, I think that's significant improvements. Um, do I think they can do better than that? Absolutely, I do. Um, but, um, you know, I love it. Um, I also love how this team is constructed. I mean, everybody seems to know that Carl Anthony Towns and um, Anthony Edwards are 1 and 2 on this team. It seems like D'Angelo Russell is kind of playing third fiddle, and it seems like he is okay with it. Um, after those first handful of games, I was seeing a lot of Towns and a lot of Anthony Russ or uh, uh, Anthony Edwards, and I got a little nervous. I'm not gonna lie to you, Gabe, and for you, um, for you T Wolves fans out there, um, but yes, I think. I got a little nervous because I thought, you know, D'Angelo Russell's a great leader. He's a great point guard. But if he's stuck playing third fiddle now, yikes, this could be bad. I think he's loving it. You know, that he he's probably one of the best, if not one of the better, if not one of the best third options on a team in the NBA right now. Um, so great things to look forward to. Um, you know, like I mentioned, uh, the games we got going up for him. So I'm... <clears throat> I am excited um, for this team. I'm excited for what we've got going on and everything, you know, in between. So uh, with that, that leads us to the final um, segment sport of the night uh, for the NFL. So before we kind of get in too much into the, uh, too much into the uh, Vikings, um, we had another question, excuse me, Josh reached out to me and said, Jack, uh, I know you're trying to do some betting, so how should I bet our Thanksgiving football games this year? And that is a great, great question, Josh. Let me break that down for you. So um, starting off the day at 11.30 tomorrow, we got Chicago at Detroit. Um <coughs> Who right now the um, let me check the Bears are three point favorites, um, and then next up we have the Vegas um, 
Raiders at Dallas for the 3.30 p.m. game. Right now, uh, the Cowboys are seven seven and a half point favorites. Or no, seven point favorites, sorry. And then closing out uh, Thanksgiving, we have the Buffalo Bills going to New Orleans at 7.20. And right now, uh, Buffalo is our four and a half uh, point favorites. And I will tell you how to um I will tell you how to bet this. So what I would do, Josh, if I were you, um I would first and foremost, I would take the Buffalo Bills um would we say uh four and a half points. Um the first thing I will say is, you know, this is um one of the Thanksgiving games that a few weeks ago looked like it was going to be a great, amazing game. But we got two teams <coughs> that kind of got embarrassed this last week and have won a combined one game in the last couple weeks. And I think both of these teams are in desperate need for a win. Um, but when I look at the offensive side of things, when I look at the defensive side of things, I got to give the edge to the Bills, um, especially having the better quarterback. Um, I just think Stefan Diggs, uh, their running game, their uh, secondary, and Josh Allen um, with Cole Beasley and those guys. I just think um, that uh, that's uh, that's a lock. So, kind of going with this, I'm gonna guys give you guys my lock and my uh, my upset. So my lock, I'm gonna take the Buffalo Bills this week as my lock, and I would say take Buffalo's. Four and a half points. I would say Buffalo's going to win by at least a touchdown. Um, I got the Bills winning 27, or sorry, 28 uh, to 20. Um, <coughs> that's what I got there. So I would say take the Buffalo Bills um, four and a half points for sure. Now, next, what I would do is I would take. Um, I would take the Raiders. Um, sorry, I lost my uh, I lost my train of thought here. Um, uh, I would take the Raiders in different fashion, though. So um, the Dallas Cowboys are seven point favorites. Um, I like Derek Carr. And I like this team. I like Darren Waller. A lot of people say it's very typical Las Vegas for them to start off super hot and kind of get complacent. <laughs> I think this is one of those games that kind of brings the Raiders or brings the Cowboys back down to reality. But the interesting here with this game, um, Josh, is I would take... Um, the, Raider, the Raiders on the money line. Uh, I'm looking right now. The Raiders money line is uh, 270. Excuse me, 270. Like I said. So the reason I say that is because I think it'll be a close game. <clears throat> I don't know if the... Um, um, I don't um, like the Raiders... Uh, like that much, but um, 
I would say take the money line in this one um, because I got the Raiders actually winning um, a very close one, 21-17. And then finally, I'm going to give you a, uh, a hot take here. Um, Chicago Bears are three-point favorites at the Lions. Take the Lions in this game um, with, uh, with the three points. It's hard to know for me what to expect from this game. We could see any combination of Jared Goff, Justin Fields, Tim Boyle, Andy Dalton, or even David Blow for that matter. Um, but if I'm being honest, I think this is the Lions' best chance to win a game the remainder of the year. Their defense is definitely going to have to come up and be the reason they do so. And I think they win it 14-10. Uh, to 10. I think it, it puts the Bears in a position where they're going to have the ball on the last drive, able to go get a touchdown. And I think they're not be able to get that TD. So I got them doing that. And for those that are interested, if you take a three-game parlay of those three picks, uh, my upset, the that, my uh, Lions over the Bears, Bills over the Saints, and then uh, the Raiders' money line over the Cowboys. If you place a $100 bet on that, you will win eleven hundred one thousand one hundred ninety five dollars. So I would say book it. So um, now why don't we get into our uh, Vikings game a little bit? So the Vikings uh, pulled off a great great win uh, over the Packers this last week. <clears throat> um, I mean you kind of expect those games. Uh, with that, um, I thought they played well. I think we did what we were supposed to do. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, we got it done. We're back to being a 500 team. And we're currently, I think if you look at the stats, sorry, I think if you look at the standings right now, I think we're actually, um, I think we're actually the second, the second playoff, or, Excuse me, the um, wild card, the second wild card team, is that right? Yes. So right now, if uh, after week 11, we would actually uh, be, be going to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers in the first round of the playoffs. Um, excuse me. So yeah, that's, that's what we got going on here. But more importantly, looking forward to this uh, San Francisco uh, 49ers, um, game, it's, this is, this is a tough one for me to guess, um, uh, this is a very tough one for me to guess, just from the standpoint of, uh, I was looking into it before I came on here, um, and I actually had this as a, um, I actually had this as a loss, in the preseason, so I'm gonna stick with that. <clears throat> but I could not <clears throat> be more clear about something. This is one of those games I sincerely hope to God I am wrong about. Um, um I think it's gonna be a another close game. Um I think it's going to be another very close game. I think the 49ers are gonna edge it out twenty you know, three or twenty-four to twenty, something like that. 
Um, but yeah, I I almost can't even talk about it too much because it just it gets me revved up, you know. So, um, yeah, that's what I think is gonna happen. Um, I think we saw Dalvin Cook just do his thing. Um, this or uh, Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. Um, the one thing I did saw when I was getting ready to do this podcast, San Francisco's secondary is not great. So it looks like they've actually done a pretty solid job <coughs> of containing the run uh, thus far this year. So I, offensively, I got my offensive prediction being I think both Thielen and Justin Jefferson have 100-yard receiving games with at least one touchdown. I just think the entire game, they're going to go back and forth between JJ's hot. Okay, we're doubling him. And then you forget about Adam Thielen. Then you're like, oh, God, you know, we got to have some on, somebody on him. And then you got JJ in single coverage, and he's getting these balls. And I just think the secondary is going to have their hands full um, despite um, despite the, cl- the closeness of the game. Um, but on the defensive side of things, um, I got us, um, I got us coming up with two turnovers this game. I, I couldn't decide if I thought they were going to be fumbles, <coughs> excuse me, or if they were going to be, um, interceptions, but two turnovers nonetheless. Um, and yes, that is what we have. So before we get going here, I want to wish everybody a safe and happy Thanksgiving, um, and also thank you for the continuous support of the podcast. Um, <coughs> thank you for all the questions um, and engagement and whatnot. It's been very appreciative. I'm very thankful for all of you guys this last year. And lastly, as a quick reminder for next week, the next podcast will be Wednesday night. Um, December 1st as well. So with that, remember this podcast is about you guys, the listeners. If you have a topic you want me to address or a question you want me to answer, please reach out on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, or by emailing us. Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram handles are at miniweekend, and email is miniweekend at gmail.com. That's M-I-N-N-Y-W-E-E-K-E-N-D at gmail.com. And be sure to let us know if you'd like to stay anonymous with your questions as well. Also, find us and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter where there are giveaways and you can stay up to date on all things Mini Weekend. And lastly, make sure you hit that subscribe button to get notified of the new episode as soon as it comes out. Until next time, Mini.